From Glitz HQ on Riverside Avenue in electronic, entertaining Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. In this episode, Stephen returns from Los Angeles to recap E3 2019. We'll talk all about the news from the show, including announcements from Google and Xbox, and of course, Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo. And so, if everyone is ready... Let's start. <laughs> yeah, let's do another take on that Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo! <laughs> Yay! Steven, was that roughly your impression as well? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah? yeah that's, <laughs> that's pretty accurate. Every year at E3, I'm like, Oh, you know, Ubisoft had a pretty decent conference. Oh, Bethesda, yeah, that's cool. Elder Scrolls, that's nice. Microsoft's doing some stuff. Nintendo! <laughs> <laughs> and I immediately, <laughs> I forget everything else. That yeah. <laughs> so welcome back. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to make a really bad joke from like, oh, I uh, just flew in from LA and boy, my arms are tired. Um, but that's not the kind of content we have on this episode or this podcast. <laughs> no, no, only the, only the finest jokes. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Nothing we say is lame or played out. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, uh, man. E3 was, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. A whole lot. Uh, I had a really good time, but man, I'm exhausted, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> just a lot of things. Have, there's just so much content. There's so much things you can do. Yeah. That is a, it's, it's overwhelming a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I, uh, I I had a good time, but, like, yeah, I felt like near the end of it, I was, like, basically dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> So your prediction before you left was you were going to spend all your time in the Nintendo booth playing the recently announced and released Smash character. Yeah. That didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't. They so just didn't what did you them. do with yourself? <laughs> I, boy, uh, I mean, I did spend most of my time in Nintendo booth <laughs> anyways. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, basically during E3, I just walked around, tried new games. Yeah. The lines are so long at E3 mm-hmm. that like I just... I felt like I would have had to wait two hours to play like 10 minutes of content. Right. Just right. Didn't, unless it's for Smash. I didn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, in general, I opted not to do that. I looked for like lines that were shorter and stuff. You know, you picked the right year to go yeah. as your first time because apparently it's, it was the smallest audience ever at an E3. You know, it's really funny because a lot of people were saying that too. Like a lot of people who had gone to E3s like 10 years and stuff, they mm-hmm. were saying that this E3 was, it felt small. It like felt yeah. less crowded than before. So, And so I mean, it probably still felt terribly crowded, you know. But uh, so I saw a bunch of tweets and stuff from it and it's at the LA Convention Center, which I've been to like a million times mm. for Adobe Max, which is always there. Right, yeah. And so, and I'm always imagining, oh, it's, it has to be way small on E3. E3 is enormous thing. I'm seeing all these pictures and I'm like, Okay, it is pretty small because like I know the geography of that of that space mm-hmm. and like okay, manageable this time because I've seen pictures in years past where it's like shoulder to shoulder, not even standing in line for something, just like in the space, right? Yeah, like absolutely like fire code dangerous. Yeah, like, <laughs> and I'm wondering if something had to do the uh, part of that reason is because like PlayStation didn't show up, like they did not have a presence at all. Right, at right. E3. Like their whole booth was just a place you could sit. Yeah, no one filled up their space. Yeah, right. And I mean, as a result of that, I guess uh, things that were like affiliated um, with PlayStation stuff was not showing up. Like Call of Duty didn't really have a presence there at all either mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. Oh, so, right. Because this generation, they have a mo- more of a like a, you know, missions and maps first on PlayStation yeah. relationship. So maybe they just didn't want to bother announcing that stuff. Right, right. So I think I wonder if that had something to do with like just, just not being as many people's because like PlayStation literally just didn't show up. Yeah, it must have just artificially deflated. I bet next year it'll be. I mean, Sony will be back probably to for their PlayStation Five and whatever yeah. else. Yeah, but yeah, we'll see. That's the other thing people said is like it's with a lighter year because it's the year before new consoles. Oh yeah, right. That's true. 
That's very true. They mm-hmm. did announce a bunch of stuff. It's just like so baffling to me because to me it feels like, like you know, three months ago Xbox One came out, right? Like that wasn't <laughs> that long ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's been long enough now. They were PlayStation Four and Xbox One were announced in 2012. Wow, oh my and God. that's the that's the year the Wii U came out. Wow, and and the Wii U was announced in like 2010, like. So and that's that's the this generation. So it's been a while with uh, the previous generation. People were like, "Wow, this one's going on a lot longer than usual." But this one also, I think it's it's yeah, it's, I, it's about time. That's I guess. nice though. I think for it to go longer. Yes, I think so as well. Yeah, it just there's a lot of fatigue in buying new things. I think right. uh, people talk so. about like the Nintendo 64 era was like four years. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Actually, and the Super Nintendo came out in 91. Yeah. And then the Nintendo 64, like 94, 95. So like, yeah, dang. Wow. Incredible. And like, you know, we were younger then. So time seemed to be like a bigger stretch. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of an it for people uh, roughly our age. It's actually kind of tracks everything that feels about the same length. Yeah. Even though it's been getting longer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for real. That is something else. Yeah. Well, and as I'm developing for these consoles now. Mm-hmm. And I'm, the, the fact that they're almost out the door now is like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did, I don't, didn't, doesn't feel like the end. It feels like I'm, it feels like the, the, the heart of this generation mm-hmm. because I'm getting in it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Well, uh, should we talk about what happened at E3? Yeah, let's get into the 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 news that broke. Yeah, one by one, I guess. And the the uh, Keanu in the in the room. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, um, so right before, like most people had their conferences, Google had uh, their Stadia thing, and they gave a bunch of information about what uh, it was. Yeah, um, they have a name for it, but we're just going to call it Stadia Direct yeah. because that's what yeah. it was. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So they, yeah, they detailed like the did they detail prices and stuff too? Yes. Okay. So the 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 deal is is that Stadia will launch in uh, November, I think, mm. um, roughly, and it will only be available to people who pay for a subscription. Um, but next year, uh, I think this is sort of a load testing scenario. Sure. Um, then next year, it will the free version will launch. So Stadia will as a as a platform, it is free. So there's no subscription required. Um, all you need is a something that that can connect to their service. And for if you just have like a laptop, that means like a Chrome browser and the keyboard on your laptop. That's all you need. Um, or Firefox. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think it's. I think it's specifically going to be like a Chrome plugin or something. Uh, Lame. Okay. So, so it'll probably work on Microsoft Edge. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, Lame. Hey yeah. Google. Lame. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, it's going to be free, and then you just buy the games. Okay. So basically, and you know, there's a lot about, and we can get into it, like the the sort of nervousness about like um one not really owning something or not having fast enough internet. Mm-hmm. But it, in a sense, it is. It's a free console. You yeah. still got to buy the games. It's a free console. The the thing that the, that you can get in on earlier is um, the subscription service is sort of like a Xbox Gold or PlayStation Plus, where yeah. you get free games so often, and they're not really detailing how often or what games you get. So like, who knows what the value of that's really going to be? Yeah, and that's ten dollars a month. So that's not so bad. But again, who knows what the value is going to be? Um, and then um, if you want to get in now, you have to pay like a one time fee. It's like one hundred thirty dollars. You get a, a Stadia controller which is their sort of special input method. You don't need it, but it's the one they recommend. Sure. And a Chromecast that you can hook to your TV Ooh. and three months of this service. Okay. So it's for, if you bought those things separately, you know, it's, it's a good deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so um, if you're just, it's like a $130 console that can play 4K 
uh, games at 60 frames per second. Yeah. If your internet connection is good enough. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Which like, they also had to up what they meant by good subscription. Yeah. They had like, good internet. They had estimates on when, what they could, what they could guarantee a 4k stream was that they said 30 megabits per second. And then they, they revised that to 35. Okay. Um, average internet speed in the United States is 25 to 30. So um, their minimum recommendation is 10. Uh, for a 720 60 ah, uh, frames per second. Yeah. They, they're, they're focused on frame rate. Um, they'll, they'll drop resolution first. Sure. So, um, you know, based on the information that's available and what people have tried out, it should work for most everybody. The question is, is like how reliable is it going to be? Like what happens when a ton of people are using the service? Yeah. Um, you know, but for the most part, it does work. Mm-hmm. It's just how good is it going to be is going to be the question. Um, it's interesting. I don't know. People are so cynical about it, though. Yeah. Like I'm looking at Martha and she is so cynical. <laughs> I just don't I just don't like Google very much. I know. <laughs> or Amazon or any of the big, yeah. big I think five. That, that feeds into a lot of it. It's like you don't want like it's there's something comforting about having like a box in your living room and a and a a, a game on your shelf. Like then who cares what company a big corporation you spent to get it. It still feels like you're free of their influence. Yeah. Right. But then, but when you have an account with someone and, or like a paid service or, you know, or you have to maintain, like, it just doesn't feel, you don't want to be that closely related. And I think a lot of these companies don't understand that. Like they feel like if, if once they're, once you're their customer and they give you a pretty good service, then everything is cool. But people are not comfortable. Even if they get good service and don't have any complaints, yeah. that doesn't make people comfortable with these yeah. things. And I, I think people are getting more and like as all these like privacy stuff comes out mm-hmm. about different companies, they're like, oh, hmm. <laughs> but at least I'm like that. But I also <laughs> research a lot of this stuff. So, yeah. You're like I'm that, like but, but you know what you're talking about. So. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just paranoid. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I'm, I'm mainly concerned about like the games that are on Stadia, specifically yeah. because like eventually Google will, you know, not have it because I don't know. Google doesn't always keep their stuff going right so like these then there are going to be google stadia exclusive games so some of these games are just going to disappear and then no one will be able to play them again right it and could it's, be. yeah and it's different from like if if it was on like a subscription or on like playstation because you could have downloaded those previously and then you'd have them like even that uh pt game that like you know nobody can download ever again somebody downloaded it and people are selling the playstation so the game exists <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's a great... Uh, I feel but, like that's a perfectly good example of the problem of our era. Oh, no, I, I, yeah. yeah. But Just because I mean, it's technically possible to get your hands on a copy. Yeah. Like, technically. I don't think it fixes it that much. Well, I mean, specifically with this, though, like, once the streaming service is gone, you cannot stream the games. Right, so the games it, just it was never game. running on your system. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, you just literally have no access to the games you purchased. Right. Um, and I, you, players will not have access to g- exclusive games on Stadia 2 if, if the service ends. Yeah, and so. there's a level of trust involved. Like, the same is true of, like, even PlayStation or, or, or Sony now. It's true. Like, yeah. It, like, people prefer to buy their games digitally, and even if you don't, if you buy a game in a store... You and you you put it in your system. You need a system update to enable online features because that's how their policy works. And also, you get the day one patch, which is which was you need to play the game, right? Yeah. In a lot of cases, or yep. or actually will not work. Yep. Like people are just as subject to those the whims of of the data centers and and you know uh, company true. solvency. Um, it's not really different, except it's so stark and obvious yeah. with Google. Yeah, like it is. It's it's unambiguous. Yeah, and so people are noticing it finally. But I think it's very it's similar. Yeah, to it's, it's making right. people notice. I think the yeah, like 
like the ways that we're already like that. Yeah. And like that video game archivist people have been screaming about for the past forever. Like, hey, all these games are disappearing. Guys, hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the, the pitch for uh, Google for, multi- for, for AAA studios mm-hmm. is that, hey, if you can get your build running on a Linux machine that does use the Vulkan API, you can develop for Stadia. And so a lot of the games that are announced now are multi-platform. So they're, they're games that are coming to Stadia but available elsewhere. Right, yeah. The question becomes is what happens because Google is fun, has its own first-party studios now. Uh, Jade Raymond is running it. And, and so she's going to put together a bunch of teams and a bunch of different uh, smaller companies and like you know, indie size and AAA. And then five years from now, there's going to be probably some franchises that are Stadia only, right? I mean, let's see optimistically for Google. Who knows, right? Because Amazon has been in the games business for five years and they haven't shipped anything. So <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And they just... Uh, Another E3 news thing. They just laid off a bunch of game That's people right, yeah. during E3. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. The other focusing on just a couple of projects instead of just throwing money at the wall like they've been doing for the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the question then becomes what happens, you know, if, if, if the, if it's, you know, maybe Stadia is not a big success and then they're like, well, we're going to shut it down. Yeah. And what does that mean for, yeah, for the, the, those titles, but also for those consumers? Um, you know, you have to, you have to imagine that there's going to be enough, be enough PR backlash that Google as a company would just be, I don't know, give people a bunch of play credit or something like that. Well, that's not going to satisfy people, but like, you know, I, I, I don't think they're going to disappear into the wind, Yeah, you know? Um, but that, everything involves a level of trust, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's but also I think with per people's personal collections, like people, like some of the best games ever came out on Wii U mm-hmm. and, and I, they're in my living room. Yeah, but I'm never going to play them again. Yeah, because my Wii U is not hooked true. up. That's how true. is that different? I mean, it is. It is different. Yeah, but like <laughs> in terms of how I go through the my my life, in terms of like my the satisfaction with the the money I spend, mm-hmm. is it really different? You know, um, yeah, it depends on your goals for these games. Like for yeah. example, uh, I would not be into video games at all if my dad hadn't shown me the games that he used to play when he was kid, yeah things like that. So um, if if you wanted to show your your uh, nieces and nephews because you know <laughs> kids yeah. um, if you wanted to show them games in the past like if you wanted to show them wii u games um you could do that but if you wanted to show them a really good stadia game you might not be able to have that opportunity yeah that's right yeah so no yeah is it's it's like it's a slow march to it it's mm-hmm. just yeah we're finally oh wait is that where we're going yeah and yeah. it's it, it's hard to rec it's hard to reconcile and then the other side of it is the developer story um yeah. it's uh, stadia is a triple a platform right now Um, it's not really for indies. Uh, they have said up and down that they want it to be, they want to democratize access for players and for developers. Uh, But right now that's not what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, if you are a a, a developer interested in developing for Stadia, um, they have sent out a number of, of emails, um, really like trying as best they can to artfully explain that, yes, you will get the SDK eventually. And, and I believe them, yeah. but they, they are much more focused on having a successful launch with these huge titles. And so for a little while, for probably maybe two or three years, it's, gonna be, it's just going to be Ubisoft open world ports. That's <laughs> what you're going to be playing on Stadia. Because yep. um, one, it, it, it'll, pro- it'll prove the platform out. Right. But I don't think there's going to be an indie hit on Stadia for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a bummer, you know. Yeah, but yeah, I, I guess that also makes sense because like they want to, yeah, if they, if they prove it with AAA then. They can prove it with indie too, right? Right on the line. So yeah. it's probably safer for indie developers, I think, in a way, because like then, if the if the service is proven, then like 
indie developers can go onto the service knowing that at least it'll stay for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Unity's backing it, so this yeah. is going to be another target platform for Unity, mm-hmm. and it's it is just a Linux machine. Um, you know, you have some limitations in terms. It's much more uh, defined. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of helpful. Um, but it will. It should be in terms of the tooling. It should be pretty good, and hopefully, it just opens up another market to people. And and I think I said this before when, when we talked about it, but like, is as big a failure as it could be. Like it's a free console. Yeah. Like that will open it up to a lot of people in the way that like uh, until now, if you don't have any money or you have very little money, the games you could play are like free to play games. Mm. And those are, you know, in my opinion, not a great way to get people into games. Um, but they are, they get people into games, yeah, yeah. high quality experiences that they can have for no money. And like, there's some real value in that. Oh yeah. And if there's another way we can do that, um, it's going to have a lot of drawbacks, but like, I'm excited about it. That's true. You know, That's very good. Have libraries. Yeah. With games. <laughs> Games at the library. That, don't they do that? They do that, don't they? They probably do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, it actually would be a cheap way for a library to to actually provide more options for people. Yes, um, very true. I guess the hard part is the hardware for libraries, but with Stadia, you wouldn't have the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly right. So we're still like two days away from E3. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this oh is, boy, this was this was uh, Thursday of last week. Yeah. Um. Yes. So. Uh, during E3 proper, except not really, because all of these conferences happened before E3 actually starts. Right. Um, Microsoft had their conference. Yeah. Which is really cool because my brother got to go. Yay! He was in the crowd and he saw Keanu Reeves <laughs> in person. I mean, he was probably like way in the back, but like <laughs> he was breathing the same air Keanu Reeves was breathing. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, that was really cool. I mean, my brother got to see it. He, he, he seemed like he had a really good time. Yeah. Um, and why was he there? Why was my brother there? Yeah. Yes, he was showing his game off at uh, their uh, Microsoft's. Um, they have their own theater at, in LA. Yeah. So the the conference was at the Microsoft Theater, right. which is right across the street from the convention center. Yes. And um, after the conference, they set up a ton of booths and made their own little mini showcase. Yes, they did for a lot of Xbox stuff. And Hyperdot was there. Yeah, yeah, and it was really cool. Charles's setup was really nice because he used. He's like really uh, getting into like using the adaptive controller. Yeah. And so he got like he had a whole setup where they had this this foot pedal thing and you could uh, use your feet to move the the, the, the dot around, mm-hmm. um, which was really hard. <laughs> but like it's really good because like uh, players who can't use their hands well could be able to do that. And you can also do it with the arms. I did it with both the arms and the feet. And he's also got his thing set up for uh, the Toby eye tracker. So like it's yeah. A very accessible game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that like Xbox really appreciated uh, him doing that stuff. Um, I really like that. Like, yeah, showing they have a huge they call it gaming for everybody. Yeah, it's just a, a huge in, a company uh, um, initiative where they're just out there like trying to uh, expand the reach of gaming um and a lot of that starts with like their adaptive controller which is this amazing device Mm -hmm. that they produce at a loss and it it, read everything you can about it it's such a fascinating story and uh and uh uh, charles who has always been so interested in in alternate control inputs yeah um got his hands on one of these and has been like using hyperdot as a good showcase for it yeah uh, which is really fantastic and microsoft's you know taking notice and they're 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 uh, working together it's really cool some good things in the future for my brother Mm -hmm. uh yeah but um the at the conference proper, um, man, I feel like I don't remember most of what happened. Keanu Reeves showed up. Everybody knows that. And then everybody blacked out. And that's all they right. did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they did announce the new the new Xbox. They didn't describe what the name of it was. They called it Project, what was it, Scorpio or Scarlet. something? Scarlet. Scarlet. The last one was Scorpio, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and basically, the trailer was just, oh, this is really cool, y'all. 
It's amazing how exactly the same this trailer was to the Project Scorpio trailer. Yeah, I know, right? Xbox One X. Exactly the same. <laughs> like you could, you could run them side by side and they say the exact same things. Well, the one thing to be fair, though, they focused a lot on loading time. Specifically. That's right. Uh, it's so funny because it's like the gaming industry finally understands what an SSD is. <laughs> Like, yeah. um, Sony, uh, uh, recently they demonstrated some of their tech mm-hmm. that's going to go in the PlayStation 5, showing that like, oh, here's Spider-Man loading up this section of the city on current hardware and then on quote unquote next generation hardware. They're very cagey about it. And they're like, it's because we're using SSDs now. And it's like, okay, like, <laughs> right. Great, I guess. Welcome mm-hmm. to the future. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it, that's good for developers because they because the thing about consoles is that they're fixed specs. Yeah. So you could put an SSD in a PlayStation. You've been able to do that even with the PlayStation 3. But that doesn't actually help things a lot because the games are designed to account for expected loading times and stuff. So both of these next generation consoles are going to include SSDs. And it, it, that's not even going to increase the cost that much. Yeah. But the, how proud of that fact they both are is a little hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something else. Yeah, but it will it will help. You bigger worlds loading faster. It's going to be a good thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really, it looks, it looks interesting. I'm curious how, like, I mean, they, like, they didn't really show anything of it, but yeah. like, oh, well, that's not true. Didn't they show how the Halo was running on the new hardware? Uh, they, no, they did like a, they showed like a, a trailer for the new Halo. Yeah. But I don't know that it was running in engine. Maybe. I thought, I thought the, the, the beginning of it said running in engine. Oh, yeah. It could be. Yeah. I, I mean, it looked know. as good as anything in the past 10 years. That's I don't what know. I felt like. I mean, yeah, I wasn't impressed with yeah. that. But like, you know. it'll be a launch title. So yeah. That's one of the things they announced is like, you know, Halo will launch this system. And that's, I think people got kind of feels about that. Yeah. They were like, oh, that's kind of cute and fun because yeah. that's what the original Xbox launched with. Yeah, that's true. You know, so that's cool. We'll, we'll see how that turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I mean, Microsoft had a conference. Yeah. Well, the, the <laughs> other thing that's interesting about the Xbox is full backwards compatibility. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, and oh. I, th- I think PlayStation's also interested in that. Is they're saying, and this is going to be great for devs too, uh-huh. is we don't have to <laughs> just ship our PS4 games and, and sell them to <laughs> PS5 customers. Yeah. Like, that's fantastic, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially for, you know, smaller games that don't need to be different on another platform necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Um, both the companies are committed to that. And that's that is an extension of their existing p- strategies with their pro versions, the Xbox One X and the play- PS4 Pro. Those are just iterations. And there can even though it's going to be a new architecture and new things, they're going to try to keep things al- going along. Yeah. Uh, there are more PCs than ever before. So maybe that's what's the point. But it's good. It's good for consumers. Yeah. I mean, that being said, like PCs are still not good at emulating old games on Xbox and Xbox 360 and stuff. So that's because those use the power PC architecture Ah, that would power the old Macintoshes. Ah, okay. Yeah. The Xbox has this weird like parallel history with the Macintosh. Like Halo was was an Apple funded exclusive in the late 90s before it moved over to the Xbox. And the original Xbox dev kit was a Power Mac G5. <laughs> like, it's <Yeah>. so weird. <laughs> like, you know, people who are like Mac versus Windows, like yeah. in the trenches on the internet about yeah. that would be like their brains would explode. Knowing I'm a Mac, but also a PC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yes. So Bethesda had their conference next. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about uh, Fallout 76 and they're like, uh, yep, we know we uh, screwed up here. Uh, we're working on it. Yeah, they're like <laughs> NPCs are back, and the whole crowd went wild. Yeah, it's like that, oh, oh man. Okay, one thing I do want to talk about, yeah. I guess, with all of these conferences, is I felt like there were people in the crowd who were constantly like yelling stuff while people were doing their conferences. Mm-hmm. Also, people weren't wearing suits. Y'all know I don't like that. Put your suits. Oh on. yeah, we had this talk last year. Yes. Right? Put put wear fancy clothes when you're. Did up you have a suit people. at E3? I wasn't in front of you, so <laughs> I didn't have to wear a suit. Did your brother wear a suit showing off his game? <laughs> I'm going to have to have a talk with him. I'm going to have to have a talk with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there's this great Polygon video where Brian David Gilbert goes through like the 
perfect E3 conference and like they turn it into a drinking game air quotes because (laughs) they just drank i think tea or something um (laughs) where they would go through like they watched all the conferences and then drank whenever any of these prototypical e3 things happened and one of them was where's a suit jacket over a gaming t-shirt and jeans (laughs) (laughs) that's like most of the yeah Yeah. there were some people up there that were fancy but like because playstation was there um who's the the playstation guy who's always wearing a suit when he goes up and Possessed. Oh yeah, I can't remember his name right now, but he's not there. So like, <laughs> I was disappointed. Okay. Uh, speaking of a guy wearing a sport coat over a gaming T-shirt, um, <laughs> that was the first hint on the, that uh, Microsoft purchased Double Fine. Oh, that's right. That was whoa, a big piece of news. Whoa, whoa, yes. whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah. Tim Schafer came out on stage and was like, "I'll make you like Excel whatever you want." <laughs> Like, you know, give me a Halo DLC to design, I'll do it. And yeah. the, the guy was like, oh, no, we don't want you to. And he's like, good, I was lying. <laughs> you know, it's so like uh, then uh, Double Fine put out a, a little video on their Twitter saying like, here's the story of how Microsoft bought us. And it was this like really long drawn out, like everybody coming into a meeting room, really serious. Mm-hmm. And then then it cuts to a shot of Tim Schafer being interviewed. Like, so what was going on? I said, well, they offered me like a lot of money. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I feel like only if you're Tim Schafer can you get away with that. Yeah, for real. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah um um oh, but yes the bethesda conference um happened uh fallout 76 people like npcs i guess uh, yeah um uh but i guess yeah i mean it, it was it's good that they are still working on the game and they didn't just throw it away so that's nice uh, <laughs> is it i mean it is I'm yeah. <laughs> um um and then they also um they also were talking about some streaming service where you could play all of these Bethesda games. It's not a service. It's, it's a, a service. technology. Oh, okay. So they're developing a way to make games um, better suited to streaming platforms. Okay. So this they, they call it at the engine level. Uh-huh. Um, so it would be something that would be, you know, um, they've actually run some tests. It actually, um, uh, the, 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 what they're using is the Doom 2016 as a demo for it. Sure. Um, and, you know, they're uh, like, Numbers that have been, you know, taken. I don't know the details on it exactly, but like some like numbers, a, yeah, numbers. <laughs> so like a twenty percent improvement in in frame rate, um, you know, just for using their, and it's just the way it's at the, when you're developing your game, you use this tool. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, they're very, and I'm being cagey uh, on the details because they are being cagey on the details. Yeah. Like, what is it exactly? Right. Um, is it a way, and why couldn't you also use that to benefit like a console game or a PC game exactly? Mm-hmm. Like, what is specific about it? Um, but they're going to be offering it. It's basically a middleware um, okay. that they'll be offering for people. I, I think there will be a Unity support um, for us indie devs who are interested in something like that. Yeah. But details are scant right now. Okay. Uh, but it does seem to do what it says it does. Yeah. It's kind of cool. There was there was not any appearance of the new Elder Scrolls or that space game that they keep talking about. No. At the they time. set up top like we're still working on it. Yeah. Just don't get your hopes up for a trailer. Yeah. You know. Which I mean, all right, that's fine. Um. <laughs> That's I, that's what I really wanted to see from them, but I mean, I understand it's in development. It's yeah, not ready yet. Um, they did have Death Loop up there. I only saw the the last third of the conference, so I didn't really actually see Death Loop. What what is it? So Death Loop is the new game from Arcane Studios. They're the makers of Dishonored, mm-hmm. which I've never played, but always meant to. Yeah, it's uh, good. Yeah. I mean, I've never played it, but I really like watching Dylan play it. Yeah. <laughs> and every time I hear you describe watching Dylan play it, I'm like, oh, I would really love that. And I'm like, it's like three steps away from playing it. (laughs) Um, But it's the first person shooter game. And it is the story is of two assassins who are trying to kill each other. And it's called Deathloop because every time one of them kills the other, like time resets. They do it over and over and over again. And the sort of lore of it is that one of them is trying to break the loop. 
and one of them is trying to maintain the loop. Oh, and so it's like hey. a philosophical debate between the two. Wow. And that kind of excited me. It's like, yeah. I'm not sure how much of that's going to you know, feel as you play, uh-huh. but like as a construct for how to take these game mechanics and like ner- put them in a narrative uh, context, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, the question is, is it, do you play as one of those assassins? Are you, is it a single player campaign? Is it a multiplayer? Like, what is it? Like, yeah. no one really knows. Mm. Um, there might be details on it that I've missed, but when the, after, when they did the trailer, it seems so interesting, but also they didn't really explain exactly what it was, but the story and the conceit and the construct really seemed fun. Sure. Um, the thing I really liked about it is it has this amazing um, aesthetic that is not, it, like, it doesn't even seem that, it's not wacky or, or big or even that noticeable. It's just really confident. Mm. And I love that because, you know, for years and years, everyone complained about, oh, all shooters are just brown and gray. Yeah. And then it was like, wait a minute. What if it was brown and gray? But they were like splashes of pink. <laughs> and now we're like well into that being the cliche. Mm. And I'm, I'm like, you know what? Maybe we just make things that are just like well designed. <laughs> like, yeah. Huh. And, and that's I'm really excited about this. Cool. Uh, for that reason. Cool. But I don't know anything else about it. That's not like that all sounds really cool. I'm mm-hmm. interested in that. Yeah. I, I just I have to check out the trailer now. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Um, so that's Bethesda. I mean, they, they had a conference. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ubisoft also happened. Uh, they had Watch Dogs Legion, which I mean looked really impressive on uh, stage to me because, like, you know, they, the way that this game works is you can play as you can recruit any NPC for your Legion, yeah, and then you can play as them. Right? There's no main character. Yeah, and I I am extremely skeptical about how that is going to work because, like, it doesn't seem like it's possible to, to work i know a little bit about this okay. i've seen some of the 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 um video previews yeah and i've read some of the interviews they've done and it's a little sleight of hand okay. so there every npc you recruit has like an origin mission yeah. so think like mass effect like um some of them are short some of them are really lengthy some of them are part of a plot mm-hmm. but it's my understanding that the origin missions there's probably a couple of dozen of them and um if you if you get an npc who takes one of those yeah then you'll never see it again but from your experience it will feel like it's totally unique to that character <sighs> and so uh, all the mocap um is it, it gets swapped in okay uh, f- with the different model for the sure. different character sure and there's some depending on like the 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 profile of that npc because there's some i don't i don't think it's fully randomized but like the, the characteristics of those will sort of be adapted to each of those different stories okay um and everyone will be fully voice acted. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that's going to take the most amount of work is there'll be like all these characters, many of them voice acting the same scenes. Yeah. And you'll only ever see one of them yeah. when you when you play the game. Uh, I think that's the thing that's like how how seamless is it going to be? Yeah. Right. Like how how much are they going to fool us into thinking that they designed it, you know, for this whole uh, for all of these characters? Sure, yeah. And I think that's going to be and, you know, that's definitely a problem they know they have. So presumably they will put a lot of effort into making that sort of seamless. Yeah. Um, they have talked about how um, for some characters, they just took existing recordings from other similar, somewhat similar characters and pitched up or pitched down uh, to like actually to, to stretch out the the work. And I think that's good. It's yeah. like, you know, um, it's an, it's an ambitious concept and it's going to require a lot of innovation in workflow to make it work. I'm really, I'm actually really excited about it. This I, is the one you can play grandma, right? Yes. yes. Grandma crime. <laughs> that's <laughs> grandma right. Crime. Grandma crime. Everyone was, was really taken with that. Yeah. And that's what's really cool because the, from a story perspective, it, it takes place in London mm-hmm. and uh, it's all about hacking, right? Yeah. It's all this sort of like Hollywood version of hacking. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. But you know, they called out specifically like the, the, the women of, of Bletchley park as, as an inspiration for a lot of the older characters in the game sort of pick, you know, pick up that torch. Like we, you know, we saved England. We're going to do it again. Like, yeah. It's cool, right? Yeah. That's awesome. And, it, it's, it, and because it's all these different NPCs, different types of stories, you as a player 
can recruit the types of people you want, and it's much more personalized in the in the story without the game having to ha- actually have a million different stories or accommodate a bunch of different player preferences. Yeah. You just sort of build your own feeling from it for like the types of people who are interesting to you. You want a bunch of like guys to go, you know, get in a bar fight. Great. Recruit all of those people. Mm-hmm. You want a bunch of sneaky grandmas. You can have a, a squad of sneaky grandmas. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's great. And I think yeah. that's really cool for, you know, it, again, like games for more people, like, mm-hmm. you know, having more people's stories, more people's interests in it. I think that's great. How successful they're going to be. I don't know. Yeah. Cause there's going to be a lot of shooting no matter what. So I suppose that so. was my disappointment with the previous watchdog games is it's, it's still just a shooter. Like, yeah. you know, there's like, yeah. there's hacking and like espionage right. and stuff, but for the most part, it's just a, it's an open world shooting. Yeah. Game. I wish it was more hacking and less shooting. Yeah. I could do without guns in a, in a game concept like this completely, but you know, then that, that's what's a much larger, you know, the, the gunplay takes up a ton of your time and it's super fun. So it's, it's too much to wish for Matt, yeah. perhaps to have a game completely without that stuff. But yeah, um, also, they had Just Dance on there. Uh, that panda on the stage was doing work. Just saying. <laughs> uh, and it's still out on the Wii. So, you know, if you had a Wii and you love Just Dance, get it, I suppose. Uh, it's like the 10th anniversary of that series. Is it the 10th anniversary? Yeah, they had like a whole skit about it. Yeah. They had, they had um, like they showed uh, the Just Dance dancers again on the, during the E3 show floor stuff. Oh, yeah. Which was interesting. Hmm. Um, and I was just, I was around when they had it. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's it's. I guess it's they always spend a few minutes showing Just Dance because it's such a popular franchise. Yeah, and I know everybody's like, "Oh, Just Dance again," but like it's so popular that they have to spend some time on it. Yeah, just yeah. like how EA always spends a ton of time on sports stuff. Nobody cares about it, but obviously people do care about it. Yeah, they wouldn't do it otherwise. Oh, we totally missed talking about EA. Yeah, they didn't have a presence, did they? They did like a little like um a live stream from the parking lot. Oh, uh, it wasn't a conference it was like every half hour they showed off a different game mm-hmm. um and the big news out of that because the only one that was new in that bunch that wasn't just dlc stuff yeah. was um uh, star wars jedi fallen order oh yeah the word salad of a title um <laughs> it looks okay like mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> don't have much to say about it, yeah, I don't it know you right. guys I, I i don't it looked all right i suppose star wars <laughs> <laughs> accurate yeah. to my feelings yeah. oh but, right before we i came here to record dylan was watching a video mm-hmm. of Lego Star Wars, but a whole run where you play just as the gonk droid, and it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Well, now you have to find that link so we can put it in the show notes. Yes, I will. I will ask Dylan after we record. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but back to the just dance, like it's it's on the Wii, yes, um, which is seems hilarious. And another is like, oh, it, clearly the audience at E3 is it's not for them because they're putting it out on the Wii. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, just dance is something that's used in a lot of like. Um, uh, um, uh, nursing homes mm-hmm. and hospitals, and uh, you know they've they've got their wees and they use the games like this for physical therapy um, and other purposes. And yeah. so, like, of course, put it on yeah. the Wii, you know? Yeah, it works. It's cool. It's also, if it's still making money there. Well, yeah, there's that. I'm sure yeah. that's a big part of the reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yep, that's Ubisoft. So they had a conference. Square Enix also had a conference, and they showed Final Fantasy thing about Bob's. Whatever. That I, you know. <laughs> Well, okay, Pistol Chronicles is coming out on Switch, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, and they said it was had an online multiplayer and stuff. And I love that game on the GameCube. So uh, I'm really curious how they will translate it because um, they specifically used the uh, the Game Boy Advance connector to the the game the GameCube yeah. thing. Um, and they had like certain features that you use with it. So I'm curious how they will translate that for the Switch because the Switch right. doesn't have that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, otherwise, I'm probably going to get it or at least look it up. Yeah. Um, but the main thing that I felt like came from Square Enix's 
conference was the Avengers game. Mm-hmm. And to me, it looked not good. Uh, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm sure part of it is just I'm judging it based off of watching all of the movies and stuff. Yeah. But like, it just didn't look that interesting to me. Like, they had all the high-profile voice actors. They had Troy Baker. They had Nolan North. They had... Uh, Other people. Je- Jennifer Hale. <laughs> Femship. Yeah. Um, I always call her Femship. Those are, like, the three voice actors people have heard of, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then the other two. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and but, like, I don't know. Like, even the, like, chemistry between the characters and stuff didn't seem good. I don't know. It just, it just didn't, it didn't look good. It seemed like an MCU fan film. Yeah. Like, it wasn't different enough. I, yeah. think, I think that's the complaints a lot of people have mm-hmm. is that it seemed like it was like the movies, but the the bargain bin version of it. Yeah. Whereas you compare that to the Spider-Man game mm-hmm. that came out in a year of many Spider-Man movies. True. Like, and wow, really yeah. had its own character, its own identity. Yeah. And this doesn't seem to have that. Yeah. And that's really unfortunate because it's probably way too late to change course on that now. Yes, yes. Also, guys, where's Hawkeye? <laughs> Again, with the disrespecting Hawkeye. Well, you know, he's not really a superhero. I don't want to, like, burst your bubble on that one. But he is just a guy who's really good at archery. <laughs> that's, that's fair as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, also, Captain America's outfit is just the most nastiest looking thing. Just put a suit also, on Also, he him. looks like an accountant. <laughs> no, he should look like an accountant. Just put him in a suit. <laughs> You can't solve every problem with a suit and tie. I mean, you can solve a lot of them with that. <laughs> uh, yep. Okay. So Square Enix is that was the thing. Yeah. I mean, the other thing about the Avengers game is yeah. um, a lot of people were thinking like um, when, with Spider-Man, uh, there was a hint at a wider, larger Marvel universe uh-huh. and um, Marvel Marvel games is in, was involved in that Sony title and is involved in the Avengers game. Oh. So a lot of people were uh, maybe a year ago were speculating, oh, it's going to be like an MCU for video games yeah. and a bunch of different studios will make these games, okay. but they'll be narratively connected. I'm curious if that's, if anyone is still thinking that might be true. Yeah. I kind of, I like that idea. I um, do too. But the thing about this Avengers game is it's going to be like an always online destiny type game. Um, oh, it, to an extent there'll be a there'll be a campaign yeah but there will be like you know raid style missions and it's meant and continuous content updates oh. so it's not it doesn't seem like it would make sense but that is what they're going for okay um, not a lot of details are emerging exactly how that's going to work yeah. but that makes it seem less likely to me that it's going to exist with other games in a narrative sense i don't know mm-hmm. so I'm, I, I'm curious to follow it i don't think i have any intention of playing it yeah i mean um, also like yeah, if they were planning on doing that stuff, they started with Spider-Man and then went immediately to Avengers. <laughs> they should have started a little smaller. <laughs> Maybe do Iron Man first. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 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 so that was a conference. Nintendo's was, you know, the best conference because it always is, and I'm biased. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they announced two Smash characters, but they weren't available yet, so I'm just going to have to wait patiently. Um, it's amazing how wrong you were with, with your guess. I know. But how it would have... It would have made more sense the your idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it was also weird because like, okay, so one of the characters they announced was a dragon cast character, hero, I guess. Right. Like, uh, and like a whole legion of echo fighters to go along with it. Um, they're not echo fighters. I think they're just costumes. Yeesh. This game <laughs> yeah, is too complicated. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but um, they said like they said it was going to announce, uh, they announced it for a summer release. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I mean, it's it's summer now. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah. give, me the, give me the character. Um, I don't know when it'll be out. But right. like, um, Are you interested in Dragon Quest? No, not Dragon Quest, but any more Smash characters I'm always interested in. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've always looked at it 
is a thing. Yeah. I know that Dragon Quest is extremely popular in Japan. Yeah. So that's a lot of reason why they put it in. Yeah, it's a, I mean, I think definitely it's a it's a cool franchise rep- representation. Mm-hmm. The problem is it's just another person who looks like a, a Fire Emblem character. Like it's just another yeah. another dude with a sword. Like I Yes. I don't know. I think okay, so what they showed There's I so many dudes with swords in that game. It's there, crazy. There are too many people with swords. Actually my main issue is like a lot of them are Fire Emblem characters and there are other characters. And they them. all look exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. There's red-haired Marth and white-haired Marth. I mean, they have the And they added like seven more of them with this drink. <laughs> He's got a shield, too. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Marth with a shield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, what's interesting is it seems like this character uses a lot more spells and stuff. So it's going to be more yeah. like a spell caster with a sword than other uh, <laughs> characters. Yeah. They so, get you off a cool thing where you can actually select a move from a menu. Yeah. You know, just like how Ryu can be controlled with Street Fighter style controls. Yep. Uh, you can actually do a little, little like sort of pop-up spell lists and you can select. I don't know how you do that in the in the volley of a Smash match. But right. It's cool. It's yeah, I'm really clever. interested to see how that, uh, it's, it's really funny because like uh, a lot of people on like the Smash uh, boards that just, uh, I guess a popular Smash forum, mm-hmm. um, they are like, uh, also Banjo-Kazooie was announced. Which you know, <laughs> but that's kind of the thing. It's like a lot of people were like, "Oh, Banjo Kazooie, that's really cool." And but I'm really interested to see who how these 16 spells or whatever work for this character. Right. So like all of the Americans initially were like, "Banjo Kazooie's in, yes," but then they were thought about it more and they're like, "Oh wait, this one has way more potential." So we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited for both uh, both Hero and Banjo Kazooie because you know more Smash characters. But also I felt like I always I always wanted Banjo Kazooie to be in the game, but I never like seriously wanted it and right. then like it showed up and i was like oh i always wanted this <laughs> so uh i'm really excited yeah I, did you like the reveal for banjo kazooie yeah where it was like because it was so heavily leaked oh everybody knew it was gonna happen yeah or at least they had guessed right yeah. mm-hmm. and then the little reveal cinematic they did was like you know the silhouette of banjo kazooie you could yeah. totally tell that's what it was yeah and then it was real to be duck hunt dog yeah. and, and it was just like oh, that's very funny yeah well no it's funny because that's the exact same thing they did to show off king k rule and i fell for it twice <laughs> 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 i was like oh man is it Banjo? oh it's not banjo oh it's banjo <laughs> uh, yeah yeah um uh, yes yeah, so i'm really excited imagine if they had done that and then it wasn't banjo kazooie oh man like one there's no way they could that right. this would have never happened yeah so as soon as they did the fake out i was like oh, okay it's just it's gonna be double fake. right yeah but like it's still very cute yeah <laughs> totally is mm-hmm. um yeah um additional news uh animal crossing they showed some uh footage of it which is cool they also delayed the game that seemed to be the news did it have an official date i think I they think said it was... 2019 yeah okay because no one seemed to be complaining about that even though they've been like begging for animal crossing since the switch yeah, launch i yeah, correct me if i'm wrong people but i don't yeah i think they just said 2019 and then people are like oh it's like three months more after that okay <laughs> <laughs> oh <Yeah>. well yeah <laughs> i think yeah i mean it looks it looks like an animal crossing game I, yeah. I i don't i always get very anxious about animal crossing games because like they they expect you to visit the game every day so like if i miss a day i'm like i feel like i'm letting all of the townspeople down or whatever and then i'm like i can't play this game ever again <laughs> yeah yeah there's so much guilt trip in that in those yeah. games so i guess very hard to do it's like a, it's a free-to-play game with no microtransactions <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes all the same psychological efforts and guilt and like yeah but not exploiting you and really in any way yeah it's it's something how they managed to pull that off yeah <laughs> but one cool thing that they announced is that you can change what your character looks like and they have like all this 
skin tones instead mm-hmm. of just one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gender neutral hairstyles too. Yeah, and you and you can change them anytime during the game, so you're not stuck with whatever you pick at the beginning. You yeah. can if you're like, wow, today I feel like short hair. Today mm-hmm. I feel like long hair. Like you can do that. Yeah, maybe it's because I don't play those games, but I'm surprised that wasn't in it from the start. Uh, yeah, you're me just, too. Because you are just, the, the, you're just one, your own character, right? The one thing that drew me to play the one Animal Crossing game I did play was the thing where you could make your own clothes because you could draw on the little thing and oh, then they yeah, make right. your... Like, oh, man, that's so cool. That yeah. idea is so neat. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, now you can do that, but also yeah. uh, with... Uh, yeah, and it so, change everything about yourself. So, I mean, well. better late than never. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does seem like a thing that they should have had or they would have had yeah. beforehand. But good. And, you know, the, the key art that they have for it is a whole bunch of people standing on the edge of the beach. So yeah. they're actually... they're they're That fact of the game, they're actually using to promote the game. Yeah. So that is a good thing. It's additionally multiplayer, which is why they were showing a bunch of people. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that uh, makes sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, all of that is good. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, they showed off Luigi's Mansion 3. They I'm just, getting that game. Oh, it's it's super fun. I played it. Yeah? Uh, yeah, Um, I can talk about it a little bit. Yeah, mm. I... Uh, so... Nintendo always has like a really fancy thing. They always have like a big setup for all of their, their bigger games. So mm-hmm. they had a big setup for Pokemon. They had a big setup for Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion was like a closed off thing. When you go in there, it's all dark and creepy. And I was a little worried that like Luigi's Mansion 3 is going to be scary because I hate scary games. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't really that scary. <laughs> so to be fair, though, I did get scared from the first Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. So uh, and I um and not at a respectable um age. <laughs> so uh, I was a little nervous about it. But um, it's really fun. It's, it feels like arcadey. Yeah. Um, I don't I didn't play the second one. Did you play the second one? I did. I didn't get to the end of it because okay. it did not feel like a handheld game to me. Oh, so I had a hard time like playing it on a tiny screen sure. hunched over on my couch yeah. or somewhere or, or out like I wanted to sit I wanted to relax and and dig into it yeah. and so I could I don't know every session was longer than I wanted it to be I think the game was it was definitely designed you know to be a, a portable title sure but like it wasn't it didn't fit with me and I yeah. was really bummed out because I loved when I got a Wii I was like um, I hadn't I hadn't played video games in a long time I missed a whole generation before that yeah but I got a Wii and I was like okay well I'm gonna go to GameStop and buy a ton of cheap GameCube games. Yeah. And so Luigi's Mansion was one of the first ones. I've always loved Luigi, so I'm like, sure. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it. I just fell in love with that game it's at the end. And it was like an important part of me getting back into video games was that title. Yeah. So um I was really excited for Dark Moon and um it, it was it's okay. Like okay. I I was disappointed in myself actually for not sticking with it. So I'm really excited to play this one on my couch. Yeah. Uh, looking at my TV. Yeah. <laughs> I will not take it on the go with me. <laughs> yeah. Like it felt really good to control well, I uh, I guess it felt a little awkward because I was uh the I feel like the turning was weird. Yeah. It's like I wanted to turn by like aiming the control stick in the direction I wanted to turn. Yeah. But I think the way you turn is by aiming the controls or just moving left to turn left, moving right. Like tank right. controls. Uh, well, I mean, if you're like if you're like vacuuming stuff up, oh, regularly yeah. you just move like a okay uh, regular thing. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it just felt that felt awkward. Um, yeah. But I guess once you figure it out, it I'll be curious because the reason. I mean, the whole reason for the the poltergust, the mm-hmm. the vacuum. Yeah. Is. To play off the GameCube's analog triggers. Yeah. That is the reason this exists. Right. That's why Flood exists in Mario Sunshine, because it also uses a similar analog trigger yeah. component. And it's just another example of Nintendo gearing its game design to its new hardware. Mm-hmm. So w- when I played the second Luigi's Mansion, I was curious about that. Like, how are they going to handle it? And they just didn't. Yeah. It was just the same, but you just pressed a trigger. And the the Switch does not have analog triggers. And so I'm like, I'm like, oh man, I wish. That they would, I mean, that that would, if we had a GameCube controller compatibility like Smash Bros. Well, yeah. You know, then I might be into it. And then I'd buy a GameCube controller. 
Wow. <laughs> That's cool. But that was one of the coolest things about Luigi's Mansion is that is the analog trigger. It was a really cool mechanic, well done. Yeah. And it is kind of a shame because it was the whole, and it's weird. It's just weird to me. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wonder if, they, if they're, if they're going to, um, how they're going to adapt it further, mm. you know? Um, but the you know the character and the setting is popular enough. Like, there's not going to be another Mario Sunshine game, right? Right. So they, they don't need to worry about adapting that. Mm-hmm. But oh. you know, <laughs> <laughs> that game's really hard. But I did like yeah. the premise of it. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, and they also showed Link's Awakening. Which yeah, super cute. The cutest thing there ever was. <laughs> yeah. They were giving out keychains. Yeah, apparently. I didn't. I didn't get in that line. Oh. I'm sorry. I, I yeah, I, the line was too long. By the time I'd have paid I you a, good money for that keychain. Dang it. Dang it, I could have made a profit. Uh, <laughs> Steven business goal. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I mean, it looks really good. Um, it's a remake of, I guess, the original game Nintendo did not make. It was made by Sega or something? No, 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 no. Nope. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a Nintendo title. It was oh. made by EAD. Uh, oh. Division, oh, okay. but it was the first Zelda title that Miyamoto had no part in, ah. and because it was the first Game Boy title um, for the series, mm-hmm. um, it was um, it was not looked over that heavily sure. by Nintendo brass. And it is an amazing labor of love by the team that made it. Yeah. It's the first Zelda game with a really lo- uh, intricate story. It introduced bomb arrows to the franchise, mm-hmm. and it is it's the only Zelda game that does not feature Zelda in any way. <laughs> Huh. Which is kind of strange. Yeah, that is. Um, it is definitely. It's the result of um, one of the designers who had a bunch of ideas for Link to the Past, but then uh, w- was uh, um, rejected and kept those ideas. Really want to do it, so they was they um, after hours at Nintendo back then. They like hacked together some prototypes and had some fun, and then they, they internally pitched it oh. like, "Hey, we got this new idea for a Zelda game on the Game Boy," ah. and and they got approved. And like, so it was just um, they brought in um, some uh, designers who had a filmmaking background. And who always had this idea for a story about an egg on top of a volcano and then brought it into this. So it's this weird, interesting piece of Zelda history. Okay. I know so much about this <laughs> because I recently saw a YouTube video that was a great um, uh, explainer on like showing why the game is so beloved by Zelda fans ah. and why it's so unknown to other Zelda fans. Okay. And we'll link that in the show notes because it's really, really interesting uh, to learn about all this. And so I'm really excited to play this game on the Switch because it is, um, as a Game Boy port, uh, you're like, well, how good could it be? But apparently, it's I mean, ranked very high in terms of Zelda games for a yeah. lot of people. Okay, um, but like you said, you weren't sure if Nintendo even made it because it is quite different. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I heard somewhere that somebody else didn't make it, but that's probably why they thought that is because it's. So I different. think the Oracle games were made. Oh, maybe it was the Oracle else. games I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, I love those ones. Yeah, peop- those have fans as well. Yeah, Seasons. it's the only game I've ever beaten on Game Boy Color. Really. Seasons for the win. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, additionally, Breath of the Wild 2. Um, it got teased. I mean, who thought they weren't going to make that? I mean, they haven't really made a sequel to a Zelda game since Majora's Mask. So it is kind of, un- it's not unprecedented. Excuse me, like, Phantom Hourglass was a sequel to Wind Waker. Apologies, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, um, so, I mean, like it looked like a teaser i don't know yeah <laughs> i'm I, excited for it I, there's a lot of speculation as to what they showed yeah um did you guys saw the you saw the, the teaser martha you saw it too martha's shaking her. Just pretend I did. okay <laughs> so you it's it's uh link and zelda uh navigating the 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 catacombs below right. hyrule castle right yeah and they come across what seems to be like a desiccated ganondorf Oh, is that what that was supposed That's to be? That's people think, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. And then they activate some sort of magic, and then Link gets whisked away. Yeah. And the takeaways that people had, it's a very 
little teaser, but the takeaways people have, and Martha, I see you're already getting this idea uh, based on the expression on your face, is that this would be a game where you play as Zelda. Now, I, I would l- love that. I think that would be so fun, especially in the same world, right? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Think of the narrative consequences of it. Like Zelda being, because it, it's a direct sequel too, so Zelda is trapped holding back the calamity for a, a you know hundred years mm-hmm. and then adventures out into a world that we, the player, are familiar with, but she is not. Yeah. Like it'd be so oh, fascinating. Yeah. But who knows if that's what they're gonna do? It's gonna use the same overworld, so it's like Majora's Mask, use a lot of the same technology. Oh, but like it would be in Zelda, and Zelda was like very uh she was a explorer. So like she would be like, Oh man, Martha, you made yeah. all those excited. But here's the thing, here's the thing. The a lot of the cutscenes in Breath of the Wild uh-huh. featured Zelda as the protagonist. Right. It was Zelda's story. Yeah. Of her like in, investigating the, the 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 oncoming disaster, trying to stop it, trying to learn how to harness a power. Link was always there beside her right. as a sidekick in these in these stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little worried that people are reading too much into this. Yeah. Because if you think of all the cutscene, now Martha's despondent over there. Because <laughs> in Breath of the Wild, in all of the cutscenes, mm-hmm. Zelda is the main character. Yeah. And I think people forget that. Yeah. And um, what I would really love, in fact, is if this were Z- uh, Link is whisked away to like a Link to the Past style upside down world. Mm-hmm. And then you play as both characters ah. in two different similar worlds that maybe interact with each other. Or if maybe it's co-op. I would, yeah. I would love that. But the, a lot of the, that's been a hint that it would be a Zelda playable. But the other thing is that her, her hair is short. That's true. Which, which people are like, oh, technology yeah. wise, <laughs> it's easier to animate a character when they, when they have short hair. Right. So proof that Zelda's playable. Maybe. I mean, that, uh, we can hope, but like, yeah. I'm, I'm really not looking forward to people being, having their hearts broken if that's not true, because we all want it so bad. <laughs> and it would be great. It would be so true. good for that, for, for the series. Yeah, it would. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So Martha, you gotta watch that teaser and see like if how you know how obvious that feels to you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It might yeah. break my heart. I don't yeah. know if I can do it. <laughs> there was some been some interviews with the 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 person who's running the runs the Zelda franchise. And um, like all interviews for Nintendo games this far out, always very cagey. But people are saying, look, well, he didn't deny it, but in one interview he was like, Why I've been getting asked that a lot. Why do you think that's the case? And there's two interpretations of that. One, genuinely has no idea why people are asking that. Yeah. And two, ah, oh, you're onto something. And uh-huh. I don't know. I feel like if, if they were really teasing that fact, they might have a better answer for when they I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm not getting my hopes up, but it would be great. It would be the best choice for that sequel, I think. I agree. Mm-hmm. So that was tight, really tight in the in the first one. Yeah. But also, I, I would love to play a character in that world who knows that world, who is sort of like smart and resourceful and not like Link is resourceful, but he's he kind of rolls through that world ignorant. He, and hits, that, that's, he hits things. He hits the pots. And stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's fun. That's <laughs> yeah. a fun character to embody. Right. But I kind of like Zelda's like the smart yeah. expert yeah. who like, you know, maybe gets in over her head or something, but has like, I want to play the Zach. Right. I really want somebody who's, who would like analyze the land and you can learn more about the world of, of yeah that, of that uh, world you know to even have like some of her internal thoughts like oh this region used to be like this back when yeah or yeah her, her discovering the change god it would be so great we'll see we'll see well okay that's coming uh <laughs> but link's awakening in the meantime i'm looking forward to that yeah. Yeah. uh other things that happened uh vr showcase I, yeah I, I didn't there were a bunch that. of other things i put them on the list here it was a yeah. vr showcase the pc game show Desperate for legitimacy, like third year in a row, or however <laughs> yeah. long they've been doing these. Um, the kind of funny. Uh, oh, my brother loves kind of funny. They put on a showcase that included. I didn't see this one. Yeah. Um, a bunch of indie games. 
Um, Devolver did another skit. Yeah. Who cares? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> they are the, you know, like, how do you do fellow kids of the video game world? Like, I don't know. Um, uh, but a lot of the games that Devolver's putting out this upcoming year look great. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of these smaller conferences. And I think it's interesting that, you know, you look online on Twitter, like, oh, when are, when are the conferences this year? And you see a little chart of yeah. all the time zones and stuff. Yeah. And I think a lot of these smaller companies, these like double A sized things, or, or even like press outlets, yeah. um, PC Gamer does the PC Gamer Show. Mm-hmm. So they, they just said, hey, if we just tell people we're doing one of these, they'll put it in the list next to Xbox and Nintendo. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of hope that next year there's going to be 40 of these because <laughs> they're fun. Yeah. Right? They can be. I guess I still only pay attention to the big ones, though. So yeah. You can read the other ones on Polygon <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so. Game Informer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Giant Pong. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Game Informer, our pal Ben Hansen uh, did a bunch of uh, video podcasts uh, from E3, talked yeah. to a bunch of developers. So look into that. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah. I uh, spent some time with some of the Game Informer things. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us all about all the things. That yeah, you we, we, we've gone through the checklist of stuff that happened. Now we want to know what your story is. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I, I, I flew in on Sunday. Um, I didn't get to go to any of the conferences proper. I watched them all in, in the hotel room. Yeah. Um, so I watched it like everybody else, I guess, but in a comfy hotel bed. <laughs> uh, um, uh, but uh, basically, yeah, on, on Sunday, uh, we really didn't. We didn't do any E3 stuff. We went shopping. I bought clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and then on Monday, we also didn't do much. No. Well, let me think. On Sunday, we did go to a thing. Uh, I guess in L.A. they have this. Um, this. Uh, I guess they call it a circus, like a game circus. It's kind of like a um, uh, uh, Dave and Buster's. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it's, it has like more. It doesn't have like Flappy Bird games. It has right. like. Uh, VR and stuff and they had like they had a whole bunch of things I met a bunch of cool people there which was really neat mm-hmm. um, I had a, a good time uh, and then we went to the JW Marriott afterwards apparently a lot of people just go to the JW Marriott after E3 things happen because like, right. that's where a lot of people go I yeah. guess it's the same as GDC GDC has a hotel yeah there's like a couple to. of hotels at GDC where like all the sort of like run-ins happen yeah yeah so so if you're interested in meeting random people that's where you go <laughs> yep um um, I ran into uh, Sean Alexander, who I actually ran into a bunch over the over E3. He makes Treachery and Beatdown City, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he's really cool. Uh, he showed me a bunch of stuff, and he helped me get into a late, another thing later on in in, in my trip. Cool. Um, but yeah, so that's what I did on Sunday. On Monday, I um, also didn't do E3 stuff because it wasn't open. I went and picked up my ticket. Right. And Monday is day zero of E3. It yes. doesn't actually open until Tuesday, right? Yes. I think press can do stuff. Right. Um, and oh I, yeah, it's the press day. It seems like press can do a lot more things than industry folks do. So next time, maybe I should just apply for a press ticket. <laughs> nice games club. Right, we are press. Well, <laughs> yeah, I did apply for a press pass this oh, year. Oh, did you? And we did not get one. Oh, <laughs> so, well. well, we can try again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, on, uh, they have uh, in LA they have a place called Little Little Tokyo. Um, and they have like a whole bunch of different shops and stuff. A lot did, of food. Did you go to that video game store? I did. In the basement of that mini mall? Yeah. That's a cool shop, right? It is. It's so cool. They had so much stuff. Um, and the, and the, the people who were like, uh, the attendants there were really nice. Yeah. Very friendly. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to look to see. I have a Sega Genesis now, I guess. My, my former boss had a Sega Genesis. He's like, I'm not going to use this thing. And I was like, can I have it? Um, so I was looking for Genesis games, but they didn't have any Genesis games. And most of the games they have there are Japanese only. I don't know how Sega Genesis games work with Japanese. Yeah, games. the first time I ever saw a Famicom in the wild was yeah. at that shop. Yeah. One of my, uh, my uh, co-worker and friend who went, uh, Audrey Axe, um, she bought uh, Famicom for one of our other our co-workers, um, which was really cool. Cool. Um, 
yeah, and that was really cool. Like, I, you know, I just toured uh, Little Tokyo and stuff. Uh, it was really nice. Um, and then I went to the Black Game Developers uh, meetup thing that mm-hmm. Ubisoft was hosting, which was the, the first one they ever had. Um, they have like those, they have like Black Game Dev meetups at other conferences, but they never had one at E3. And so uh, people at Ubisoft um, put an initiative to, to make one. Yeah. Um, and it was really nice. Cool. I, I met a bunch of people there too. Um, um, yeah, and I had a good time with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hadn't actually played any new games yet until the next day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched the, uh, no, I guess I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I watched the Nintendo conference and then I went to E3. Um, and the first thing I did is I played the new Pokemon game. Uh, I don't Ooh. know which one, if it was Sword or Shield. Um, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. I, I have, I'm not a huge Pokemon fan, but like, I did like this one. And I liked how the, the Dynamax feature that they have for the yeah. Pokemon grows in... Right, that was announced in that E3, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah it, was, yeah, it was announced a little bit beforehand, but, like, okay. yeah, basically. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it, like, the way that it works is, like, it changes all of your moves into, like, super moves. Not, mm-hmm. like, super versions of the move you already have, but it's, like, I think it's based off of that type move. So, like, if you have a flying type attack, um, it'll make it so that, like... Uh, when you hit your opponent with that, it'll also increase the speed of all of your uh, Pokemon or something like mm-hmm. that. It like changes up how you approach that fight because you can like manipulate the battlefield in a way mm-hmm. if you use this move. So it was interesting. You won't be able to use Dynamax things or Dynamax mode uh, with all fights, but you can use it in gym fights. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just went through, I think, gym leader Nessa's gym um, and you play through that. And that was fun. Actually, I guess the majority of the time um, at uh, on on Tuesday, I spent in the Xbox area because my brother was there. So I spent a lot of time in his place mm-hmm. and, you know, supported him and stuff. Got people to play his game, play games with him. Um, We're a good big brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but this one, I played Spirit Fair. They showed that on the Xbox, their indicator. Yes, that looks great. It's gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. It is. I love. I think it's like my favorite game I played there, to be yeah. honest. Um, because, like, yeah, the animation is amazing. You can literally, you can walk up to anyone and you can uh, ask them if they want a hug, give them a hug. Mm-hmm. You can collect hugs, yeah, which is great. Um, um, and yeah, it's super fun. You, there's a the cat that follows you around. You can pet the cat mm-hmm. all the time. The cat's always around with you. Yeah. Um, actually, it was weird because like cat is supposed to be all around with you, but like I tried to pet the cat twice, and the second time the cat like disappeared. So <laughs> that sounds like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, um, and so like I, I played through that game, um, and I just I loved it. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm a give you all my money how much is it they didn't have a price or any a release yeah. date yet but like when it comes out that's that's the game i'm buying martha i'm getting a lack of response from you i feel like you've you don't you've not seen this game it's all a blur which <laughs> one is this one it's the one where you build a little community on a boat yes oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah that one looked awesome it is awesome and there was a cat yes yes, yes. <laughs> that's what i was looking for <laughs> all of that is accurate yeah, it, it's it's great it's mm-hmm. great it's a great game um i also played the new yacht club game i can't remember the name of it it's like shadow ninja or something uh i i mean i liked it enough i don't know it seemed okay is it like a shovel knight spinoff or is it a new it's game? not a it's a new game completely okay. um it feels it feels it's supposed to be like um uh, ninja gaiden like kind of those old school ninja oh uh, okay it felt more like, like those games yeah great. it felt more like uh mega man to me than ninja gaiden for some reason mm-hmm. you don't shoot stuff but like i don't know yeah i, I maybe it's because i'm not as familiar with ninja gaiden games um but that seemed all right. Um, and then I played Tunic. That game has been like talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, it's 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 also fun. It's basically like Legend of Zelda. Um, um, but you know, it's cute. There's adorable little fox. Yeah, yeah. It's really cute. I, a I big think, fat sword. Yeah. <laughs> Gameplay wise, it seemed fine to me. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it, it's a cute game. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I, so yeah, I think those are like the majority of the games I played on Tuesday. And then what did I, I went to, um, oh, I went to the ID at Xbox, um, uh, meetup thing or something they had. Like the that, mixer or something? Yeah, they had a mix. They named too many things mixer. They should stop that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was confused cause my, uh, Ava and Nick were there and they were talking about mixer things. And I was like, do you mean the mixer, the Xbox mixer? No, no, the ID at Xbox mixer. Right. <laughs> um, and so I went to that. I think that was the, the party I had the most fun at. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it was really nice. It's up on a rooftop and stuff. It was like a nice uh, temperature. I saw Tim Schafer, did not talk to him, but he just like walked past. <laughs> um, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, and I got to interact with a lot of people at Glitch that I knew, like my brother and uh, Ava and Nick and them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a fun time. Uh, and then on Wednesday, I played uh, a bunch more games. I played Code Vein, which is like basically anime Dark Souls. There's a lot of those now, I guess. Um, that was a game. Eh, it wasn't that much to me. I played Monster Hunter, the 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 expansion that they're coming out with. Mm-hmm. Um, and dang it, I forgot how much I loved Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> it's such uh, it's such a fun game. You um, they uh set you up with a group a group of people, and I just was uh, we played through the intermediate version of the demo that they had, where you just fight a easier monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we played the and then we beat that one, and it wasn't too hard. Then we played through the expert one, and uh, we got wrecked. And by we, I mean everybody else on my team because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get KO'd at all. <laughs> but you know, we 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 tried. We weren't able to get, complete through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I played that a, a bunch, which was fun. Um, I noticed on that day that like Fortnite took up a quarter of the South Hall mm-hmm. in the, in the in the convention center that we were in. Just this one game, Fortnite. They, I know, I feel like Fortnite didn't have a huge presence at E3. Yeah. Um, in the conferences, anyways. Mm-hmm. But like, it had a huge presence there because you 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 couldn't. You had to bump into it. Uh, it was just sitting there. Um, you know, I wonder if that would be truer in years past when they didn't do general admission tickets. Yeah. Um, would a game like Fortnite bother to show up at E3? That's a good question. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, 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 I'm curious about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, like I also played Elder Scrolls Blades on Switch. Um, it seems fun. Yeah. I think I, like it's supposed to be free on the Switch, I believe. So yeah, I, I think I'm going to get it because like, it, it seems fun. Um, yeah. Um, I also I saw this this uh, it seemed like a Chinese company because uh, everything they had there was in Chinese. Um, it's called Gilly Kit. It had a bunch of they had a bunch of switch peripherals. Um, mm. So like they had a portable battery um, and a controller. And I messed, I looked at the battery and stuff and I, I talked to the attendants a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess their stuff isn't out yet. But like I was really interested in it because it's supposed to extend the battery life of the switch for 10 hours. So, yeah. Like, 10 hours. I think in addition to the three or so hours you get on the switch and there's like a snap to the back of it or something like that it does snap yeah there's a little thing you attach to it and then you snap Mm -hmm. that into it um and uh it it does add weight to the switch Mm -hmm. so like it felt a little uh cumbersome a little bit but like i think i could manage that if i was just on a trip on on uh, right right just wanted to like battery packs for portable uh, gaming systems is like a long tradition but the switch has a usb-c port right so if you go to target or best buy or a gamestop and try to buy a battery for the Switch, you just get a portable battery. Yeah. It, it says Switch on it, but like it's just a portable battery yep. from Anchor or, or, or any of those companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it is kind of interesting that someone's still making a purpose built yeah. uh, thing for it because that's going to be better than having this big brick in your pocket or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that seemed cool. I, yeah. I have the, I don't know where I put the, they, they had like a whole guide on how all of the different things that yeah. I have. I got one of those. I mean, it's a trade show. So like those sort of, the, you know, um, like representatives in the old days, the, yeah. the purpose of a place like E3 was for companies to show off their hardware and software right. and then retailers 
publishers, distributors would come by and make those relationships. Yeah, that's the was the that's the point of E3, mm-hmm. and so it's it is interesting to see that some of that's still happening. Yeah, they actually had a whole bunch of peripherals and stuff there. There just went a lot of people there because like they all wanted to play the new games. Yeah, right, um, right, right. But I did go around it a little bit, and I just I saw some stuff that that the Gilly Kit thing was the one that interested me the most because I was like, oh, a battery pack. I guess I don't need a battery pack, but like it's interesting to look at mm-hmm. it and stuff. Um, I uh, saw Brawly Legs there. Brawly Legs is a Street Fighter player. He is uh, physically uh, disabled, but he, you know, competes um, in professional tournaments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was challenging people in the crowd to fights and wrecking face. Of course. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was really cool. Um, and then um, I played uh, this fighting game called Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Um, um, which I guess is it was it was kind of fun. It's like you didn't say that title in any order, and it would sound the same. Pretty much, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was basically like an anime fighter. Uh, I think it had it has like some RPG esque mechanics, so it had like cooldowns and stuff, which is sort of unique for fighting games. That's cool. But what was interesting is while I was playing the game, there was a very split second power outage, and it ah. ruined the, it ruined my game because like yeah. my system got turned off, and a lot of games got like shut off. There was a right behind me. There was a uh, Mario and Sonic at the Olympics that mm-hmm. was uh, in attendance. There, the giant screen that they had got shut off and stuff, and it was shut off for uh, I don't know a good while at the very least. Um, I yeah. kind of just left when that happened. Uh, that made news, did it? Um, yeah, and uh, Nintendo's live streams went down. That's right. It was in the middle of one of their treehouse things, mm-hmm. and they were actually prepared for it. Yeah, um, <laughs> they had a uh, uh, they put up a little technical difficulties screen on their their streams, mm-hmm. but it it, it was a, a screen grab modified from Zelda Two that character named Error. Oh yeah, so it said I am Error, and then it <laughs> said like you know we'll be back shortly or whatever. It's very cute. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so that was interesting. Like that, it, that it happened. I guess it didn't affect the Microsoft Theater because it's in a completely different building. So my brother didn't even know it. Right, he just heard it from some other people. I think. Yeah, yeah. And you said it was just for a little while, like a split second. Like yeah, the the power outage itself was just a split second. But yeah. like everybody, everything had to start over or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like it kind of slowed things down. And it was only in a section of the South Hall that I was in. That's what happens when you plug everything into the same power strip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. What are you doing? <laughs> Um, and then uh, that night I went to the mix, which is another thing <laughs> that, <laughs> it, but it's like it's an indie game like showcase. Yeah, it's the thing I went to at GDC. Yes, yeah, and they had, and it's the thing I went to at PAX too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, they had a whole bunch of different games there. I played Samurai Gun Two, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more Samurai Gun. Um, that you can dash now in the air uh, using your bullets. Uh, if you're interested in Samurai Gun, you. And see the appeal, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I played this game called Quantum League, which was very confusing to wrap my head around. Um, so you play as you basically you're supposed to play as a team of three, but like it's just one person and your opponent playing as one of the team of three. And so like you will play as that character, or you'll play as one person of the team for twelve seconds. You're trying to kill the other person, um, but uh, once that twelve seconds up, or if somebody dies, it will rewind time. And then you switch your weapon and then you can play as the second person in your squad. Mm-hmm. And you do that again for the third time. Um, and then whoever like wins, it was a king of the hill thing. So I guess whoever was standing in the circle longest um, or at the end of the 12 seconds, mm-hmm. whoever got that is the winner. And then like afterwards, you see like what actually happened. So like all of your actions between all of the three characters and stuff. Yeah, it was. It so was, you could strategize. Yeah, you could oh, strategize like where this. you're going to be and stuff. It was just really hard for me to wrap my head around because I was like it. 
am I doing it right? And I didn't quite understand like the goal that I was supposed to be yeah, doing. Yeah. Um, so, but like, it seemed really cool. I got access to the closed beta. So if you're interested, Mark, I, I am super interested. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It does seem like a game that's hard to showcase. Yeah. It was uh, like, I, like I said, it was confusing, but like, I don't know. It looks cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you should check that out. Cool. Um, I also played this game called Sakuna. I think they showed that at the, uh, the Nintendo Treehouse. They had a, mm-hmm. a thing for it. Um, you basically just play as like, uh, a short, uh, little goddess um and she has like a scarf and you can use that to pull yourself towards enemies and stuff and you beat them up with race <laughs> i don't know that's the whole game it's cool the art style is nice so. Mm-hmm. um so i played that i played this game called we met in may which is very interesting um it is basically like a set of mini games um and the mini games uh you play as like these two uh characters uh, in a relationship and i guess you just played like different aspects of their relationship one of them is like them in the beach and i guess you like hold sand and you can pour sand on the, the other person mm-hmm. or something they're all like really weird mini game sort of things but there's like a narrative that threads them together uh there's not really a narrative i guess huh, they, okay. they're, they're all just like separate instances of their relationship okay what was really interesting um there's this one uh there's this one game that i was playing or one of the mini games that i was playing where um there's one of the guy is cooking and then uh, uh, the the partner was like uh, trying to flirt and stuff. Um, I don't know how explicit I could get in it <laughs> about this thing, um, but they were like uh, they were like trying to, uh, I guess, uh, poke at his nipples. <laughs> so I don't know if that's explicit. <laughs> I love that you felt you had to say that. I'm just saying, um, but it was it was like a really funny. Uh, it was a really funny uh, exchange. What was really funny is like I was playing that game and then uh, my, my friend Andre, who was watching me play it, recognized the uh, the characters in the game as the developers of the game and they were watching me play it. <laughs> so, I was doing it. Um, so that was a little awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I played this. Um, I also played this other game called Ramen. It's it's a pun mm-hmm. on ramen, but also you play as men who are in pots. And throw ramen at each other and stuff. Um, oh yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's you know, it's, it's it's basically a shooter. I felt like I was doing a poor job playing the game, and I didn't really have a good time playing it. So mm. it I don't think it's for me. Um, yeah, and then I played that Bloodstain Bloodstain game that is you know like a Castlevania esque game. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt fine. Uh, it's going to be. It should be out. I think it's out next week on Tuesday or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. After playing it, I'm, I'm not really yeah. interested. I guess I wasn't that interested to begin with, but like it didn't seem that cool. Um, it seemed all right to me. Uh, I played this uh, other multiplayer game called Aqua Lungers, Um, and you play as like divers and you dive in and you collect gold and you are trying to compete with other people to get the most gold, mm-hmm. um, which was cool. Um, and then I played this game called Bravery Network Online. I, Martha, I bet you'd be interested in this. It's like yeah. Pokemon. Ooh. Um, but uh, what uh, instead of like there's no types, so there's no like uh, steel or rock types or whatever. Instead, you have three different types of attacks. In Pokemon, you have special attacks and physical attacks, right? Um, in this game, you have physical attacks, digital attacks, and emotional attacks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just make the other one cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Well, I guess the goal is to make the, uh, your opponent forfeit instead of faint. Um, so they just like give up fighting. Um, and so it was basically, uh, yeah, you just have like a collection of fighters, each of you, and you just, you know, fight each other with these different attacks. One of the attacks was like un, un, unzip, and you just kind of unzipped your clothes, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think those are all the games I played at the mix. 
on on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, honestly, I was exhausted. <laughs> and so what I did was I just stayed in the hotel and I watched Nintendo Trials, <laughs> um, which was fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I, I came home um, on Thursday night. It was really late. Mm-hmm. That was my whole trip. Um, yeah. Like, I, I think it was really cool. I, I, um, I felt like uh, I, I feel like I don't have a huge endurance for like, you know, meeting people and talking to people and networking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I think I'm going to work on that in the future and maybe try to come back next E3 and do better at that. Um, well, I mean, you were basically there on vacation. Yeah. I mean, you know, you went to some dev events and stuff, but like that wasn't really a goal of yours. It wasn't a goal of mine. No, but I did like try to meet people and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I, uh, I, I think that like it would be better in the future. Like if I were to, you know, I would get better at networking and stuff just to have a higher endurance and meeting people and things. Cause like I did enjoy meeting people. Mm-hmm. Um, I met like a bunch of cool people. Some of the people who like, especially at the idea at Xbox thing, I met a bunch of cool people who like uh, were playing or working on games that I did not, or that I was excited about, but I didn't know anybody who was working on those games. And mm-hmm. now I know some of them. And that's like, I don't know. It's a really cool feeling to know that. Yeah. Um, to see those people. Um, but like a lot of E3 felt like packs except for like the parties afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing, because um, PAX is fun too. Yeah, yeah. I had a good time. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I would recommend if you could go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you went on an industry pass. Yes, I did. Um, and general admission passes—they're not that expensive. Are I they? I do not know the price. Yeah, um, it's not you, like a GDC ticket or anything. Yeah, no, it's not GDC. No, yeah. definitely not. GDC is way too expensive. Uh, <laughs> um, um, if you are industry, you can get in for free. Um, so, uh, you just have to have enough proof that you're industry. And I think kind of the process of getting into uh, proving that your industry is, I feel like it's a little much, but it's, it's not so bad. You could show them a pay stub or your W2 or a bunch of other things. If you have a IG, IGDA uh, card, you can use that. Yeah. Stuff like that. Right. That's probably the easiest way for an indie to prove yep. that they're industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you are industry, um, I would recommend going. I mean, at the very least, you can play a bunch of exclusive games you haven't gotten a chance to, or before anybody else gets to play them mm-hmm. and brag about that, I suppose. Um, I like mildly regret not staying until Friday because there were some other things that I wanted to go to on mm-hmm. Thursday night, but like also I was exhausted. So yeah. <laughs> it was nice to just have that Friday to not do game things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. We really do need to know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends too. We also want to hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things. Talk to Dale, our uh, community manager (laughs) at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing, send us your topics, and ask us your questions. And... Give us feedback on Fridays. Hashtag <laughs> feedback Friday. Lastly, you can find more about the show and your nice hosts, as well as get all the links and notes from this and other episodes at nicegames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. So Deathloop is the new game from Arcane Studios, okay. which they make. Just a second. Wow. That was- so Deathloop.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.